What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to episode 21 of Beyond Podcast. Today on the show, we got Kevin Cannon, who is the current chef of cuisine at Barley Swine. We're going to be continuing our little journey through Barley Swine here. This is part one of two parts. Uh, Kevin and I talked for like three and a half hours on my patio. So you're going to hear this is part one. This is him getting to Barley Swine, and then you're going to hear the him talk about uh, getting into Barley Swine. And then uh, next episode, you'll hear part two, where he talks about Barley Swine, and we talk about some other stuff. But um, it's a long one, so I figured I'd split it up. Kevin and I talked on my patio, like I said, and so you're going to hear some birds and stuff like that. We're just, we're sitting in, this was before it was 100 degrees out, but it was it was like a good 90, 90 you know, almost 100 degrees out, and me and Kevin just sat there and talked and sweated our, our asses off outside. I'm surprised we even made it. I'm surprised we did that. It's crazy. Uh, but we did. So that's what you're about to hear. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin, uh, Kevin's one of the, I don't know how to explain Kevin. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> when you get Kevin talking, uh, it's gold, but also Kevin's got some great stories and, and, um, and Kevin could talk obviously because it's three and a half hours. Um, but Kevin's Kevin's a very unique, one of a kind chef. Um, um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember this is just a little context of. I think it was like the first or second week that I was working there, and like Disney music started playing or something like that, and Kevin was like screaming the lyrics or something like that, or to like it was like hip hop or it was it was some like two thousand zero like hip hop or Disney music or something like that. And somebody looked over me and was like, "Are you? Can you believe that that's your boss?" <laughs> and it made me laugh because I was like, "That's pretty badass to be in like a fine dining kitchen and your your chef is like is like that, so casual and cool." And I didn't like the Disney music. I did not appreciate the Disney Disney music, but you know, everybody everybody there knows that. Um, but it made for a fun fun work environment, you know. Um, Kevin is uh. Kevin's a very uh was a very welcoming presence. Like Kevin uh was very laid everything on the table and like told me like how this restaurant is and and uh and just made me uh guided me into the in, in into the the world of barley swine and um was very helpful. But that's one of the many strengths of Kevin is being able to like delegate and like instruct people and tell you like how how it how to work better. But uh before we get to the episode I will say uh, a reminder that if you if you'd like to subscribe to the Patreon, I'm getting better at posts and stuff. And uh, if you'd like to subscribe to the Patreon, the five dollar tier, the second tier, I have three tiers: three, five, and ten. Uh, three, if you want, just want to throw me a few bucks, um, you get access to the old shit shit show episodes, and you know it's just like uh, just a little support tier. At five, uh, you get episodes early. You get to hear these episodes a week early. And then uh, you get access to some new exclusive episodes. I just uh, posted an episode all about Barley Swine, the story of Barley Swine as as I sort of experienced it. And actually, uh, now that when I was recording that episode, which is a solo episode, by the way, I started remembering uh, the episodes of, of No Reservations that it featured Bryce and the old Odd Duck trailer and then also the um, old Barley Swine. And so I'm probably going to like, 
watch those and sort of uh, dive deeper into um, the stories and stuff that I mentioned on these podcasts and in the Barley Swine Patreon episode, just so there's like some visual context and stuff and I could sort of pause it and, and explain. So those will be up there soon, as soon as I record them. And then uh, I've started recording uh, reactions to The Bear season two. Uh, spoiler alert, I am not enjoying it. But it's making for great content. <laughs> it's it's fun to just just like crack open a beer and sort of shit talk that show. It's it's so funny. It's it's really fun and funny. A lot of cousin. You know, they're just giving the fans what they want. More cousin. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, if you'd like to support that, uh it's p- uh patreon.com slash peon magazine. Uh, and, uh, and then also on top of that, uh, I'm going, I'm working on some, some merch. I'm in the weeds right now with a designer getting, uh, some, some new merch, uh, designs done. And so that'll be coming up soon. And, uh, I think I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give, uh, Patreon people first dibs for like maybe like a week or two. Um, and then it'll go public after that. So look, look forward to that in the next month or two. Um, shouldn't be too long. Just got to get, you know, test, uh, batches back and sort of make everything, make sure that everything looks good and it, the, you know, it's not too expensive and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, and as usual, you know, please, uh, please like and, uh, share and rate and stuff at the very least, please share it. If you're just listening to the episode, just, you know, uh, do a little screenshot and, and post it on your Instagram. Um, and tag me in it. That's the least you can do. That's that would be very much appreciated. It's it very much helps. It seems to kick up the listenership a little bit. So that that really helps gets the word out stuff like that. So I would really appreciate it if you could do that in some capacity. And um and then the, you know uh, merch is still available if you'd like. Uh, Peonmagazine.com/store. Uh, what else? Uh, if you'd like to donate, just scroll to the bottom of this episode. You can donate there. If not, no worries. Um, I just appreciate you listening. All right. Well, this is, like I said, part one. Part two will be in uh, the next episode in about two weeks. Uh, yeah. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, again, check out Barley Swine. You know, uh, just see what they're doing, see where they're coming from. Uh, check them out on Instagram. And uh, they got some really cool shit going on right now. Uh, Bryce has got his farm up and running and stuff. So check out that restaurant. Go follow him go uh, dig deeper alright enjoy this episode with Kevin thanks alright well uh, yeah, let's start with the hot dogs huh hot dogs yeah <laughs> let's start with the how hot did dogs you, how did you get to how, how was your first job making hot dogs um <laughs> Ah, that's right. It took me a second. I was like, what is he doing? Um, <laughs> I remember, I can't remember how, how that we came up. We, we were talking about that. We were, you were like butchering fish in the back. And I think you just brought it up that your first job was, was, um, uh, doling out hot dogs, like baseball games or something like that. Yeah. Right? So my mom, Band uh, Oregon. my mom, who's a teacher, uh, in the summertime, as most teachers do get a summertime job. So she was managing the concession stand for the triple a like baseball team there and so the first year first summer i was just like the gopher boy i bagged peanuts i ran around i fucking brought 
whatever anybody needed, carried some stuff out to the, there's a barbecue deck and then a beer garden. And I would just carry shit, whatever. I was like 16, 15. Did she rope you into it or were you in, were you into uh, it? I needed a job for the summer. So I was like, oh, okay. why, 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 why try not? to find something else? Just, <laughs> just, just do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the guy who was grilling out on the barbecue deck was this fucking old guy and miss you, Bob. Um, <laughs> Wait, did Bob, Bob. Bob is just, Bob still around? I, I, uh, I don't know. Probably, probably not, but oh, shit. Bob had just like old guy, big old bend on his hat. Oh yeah. Dark aviator glasses. And he just stood there and it was, it was pretty, he did fine. Um, <laughs> What do you mean? He was just struggling to cook hot dogs and, and oh, hamburgers. Shit. You know, because okay. it's pretty high volume and he doesn't oh, have the shit. speed. Yeah. Hey, boy, it's a ballpark. You got people, you stand yeah. in line. I want my hot dog. So then the next year, uh, they had me work the uh work the the grill and yeah, I was just young and fast and it was easy. I was just cooking hot dogs and stuff. Every once in a while they would have uh, parties out there that people would rent the uh, the deck for to watch the baseball game and they'd get like a special menu and I would be like cooking pork ribs from raw okay on this fucking gas grill <laughs> glazing it with uh -huh. barbecue sauce store-bought yeah burning the shit out of it they weren't ten <laughs> they weren't boiled you know what I'm saying they yeah, were just from raw from raw oh, how tough were those oh dude I don't know but it couldn't have been good <laughs> it couldn't have been good knowing what yeah. I know now like, like oh yeah it was, it was bad probably didn't take off the uh this the skin the membrane nothing right? nothing like that yeah and who knows where this meat came from <laughs> Giant, um, you know these guys box. these guys were the type of business owners that they went and they would like get the pennies everywhere they could oh, okay. so they'd go yeah. to costco to get their candy and they'd go to this place to get this stuff and they'd drive all over town and probably waste all the money on the gas uh -huh. that they were saving but yeah. in their business it looked better so yeah who knows where anything came from yeah um so that was fun and then that was in high school so in high school i also did culinary classes Okay. Um, Donna, Donna Kopax was my culinary teacher. She pretty much uh, inspired this young, fucking wiry, crazy kid to like focus on something finally. And I mean, that's that really made me want to like work into kitchens. This was kind of like the first time that like Food Network was really like blowing up. You yeah. know, as far as having like people besides like. Yeah making shit that your mom would make at home. Like yeah. the demographic was changing. Top mm -hmm. chef was starting. And so, yeah, I worked. What worked. shows were you watching? You oh God. I mean, like I remember it was it more like chef driven. Uh, good stuff? eats was a great show. Cause good eats was very educational. Um, yeah. I do remember so good. good old, uh, Maltimorio. Oh, where he yeah. would just have the people like sitting. Yeah. Like, yeah, he had a little counter yeah, in front yeah. of him and he would cook and he would, say like weird stuff like you know it's always better if you season from way up high as he's like sprinkling salt <laughs> yeah. everywhere or like doing this olive oil or whatever i always thought that was so ballsy because he literally would have like sh like some of the best chefs on food network just sitting there like asking questions and he's just like that's eh, whatever you know just so like confident he could have uh, uh, like emerald lagasse asking questions and he'd be like yeah of course you should season up from from three feet away you know yeah uh, uh, i actually 
Um, he also said it just looks cooler, you know. He he was like, I remember <laughs> yeah, of that, course. and I of course he did. Um, at a gosh, at a restaurant, uh, second restaurant that I worked in. We'll get there, but this yeah. uh, story pertains to uh, Mario. I was trying to look really cool, and I had a full, I don't know what they are, a big liter of wine to cook with, for oh, to, yeah. de- to deglaze with. Yeah, Whatever yeah. a big-ass bottle of wine is, mm-hmm. not the regular standard bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. you want to <laughs> look cool? You got to look cool. No. And I raised this bottle up. Oh, God. And I hit the bottle against the hood vent. <laughs> I don't have it in my hand anymore, so now it's up by the hood vent, drops down to the ground. Oh, fuck. And I fucking drop, shattered a bottle of wine in the middle of service. It was oh, shit. Uh, I think a you're learning s- experience. <laughs> At the very no. least. I thought you were going to say you hit it, and then it just like broke on the on and like started a fire. No, it bounced Jeez. backwards and just landed Ooh, on the floor. That's kind of lucky. Um, Damn. Yeah, lucky. I was, I was young. I, I, you know, there was a lot of learning when I was young. Uh, but... Donna Kopax, she said, if you are serious about this, you need to get a job in a restaurant. Okay. Um, and that was my junior year because unfortunately she wasn't there for my senior year when I was on the culinary team and we did the big competition for the state. Okay. Um, yeah. Wait, so was this like, this wasn't like home ec kind of stuff. This was like actual it cooking was, courses? It was home ec, but once you took the home ec, then, then she had a culinary one and a culinary two. So by your senior year, oh, that's cool. you could be in this culinary two making cool recipes because you've, you know, you know how the kitchen works and all those things like this. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's nice. She was working magic out of this shithole of a fucking... It yeah, like a home kitchen. So ugly, coil electric oh, burners, I was say coils with shitty, coil. shitty ovens. Yeah. What kind of stuff were you cooking? Was it was it like recipes or was it just um, like yeah recipes? We had work. a we had a cookbook that I actually have at home, um, which is hilarious because I got it from a friend who just left it. Um, but it's uh, down home Southern cooking or something, which is one of the books that we worked out of. Yeah, we worked out of that book. <laughs> That's um, funny. And so that cracked me up. But one of the big recipes I remember was uh, Dutch Babies. Okay. Making Dutch Babies in, in yeah. cool school because that was great because you just got to put powdered sugar all over something. and Yeah. Um, so Dutch Babies. And then there was at the culinary school that I ended up going to, mm-hmm. every year they hold a competition where their students are the judges and it's for the high schools around the city, around the – Oh, yeah. Around like the area of the tri The area, yeah, area, whatever. Called, yeah. So that was kind of a big deal to go there and do that. So you got, I got to do it my junior year, my senior year. Both year, um, the idea was crepes, and we had to do... Everybody does crepes? Everybody does crepes. You had to do a savory and a sweet crepe. Uh-huh. Um, so I made crepe raviolis. It's beautiful. What? Made two crepes, yeah. piped it out just like it was a pasta sheet, uh-huh. and then... Just piped out five little spots and then cut it with a with a pasta wheel. So okay. they were crepes, just filled with like a sweet goat cheese thing. Okay, um, but I like you know Damn. made it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, second year we did a beggar's purse. All right. Beggar's purse with the crepe filled that with some like coconut or some like chicken curry or something. Okay. Um, God, these flavors are the, all of it is so bad. I remember one time we did like a red it's very pepper early two thousand. We did like a red pepper coulis. Yeah. On the bottom of the plate, mm-hmm. and then I took the crepe batter and drizzled out. You know, like you see people doing the pancakes on Instagram now? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did that, but with a little squiggle of just crepe batter. 
uh-huh. to put on top of the so red the red coolie, and then we put the beggar's purse inside. It was wow. beautiful. Um, Where were you learning this plating from? Was this from uh, like Top Chef and shit like that? I don't know if the timeline was there for that. I just, uh, I mean, it's very, very like simple. Yeah. I don't know, just I'm a weirdo kid. <laughs> I can't. I have no idea where these ideas came from back then. It's um, funny. Were your was your family pretty big into cooking? Oh, my mother and father. <laughs> I love you, mom and dad, because you might listen to this. Um, they are not the greatest cooks. My okay, grandmothers like- on both sides, uh-huh. amazing cooks. Okay. Um, one of them is very like down home country from Oregon. She made biscuits and gravy. Uh, okay. She always had strawberry preserves in her fridge. She oh, was nice. very like that. I imagine back in the day, she did lots of preserving during the seasons and all that kind of old school stuff that you would one would do the the can of baking grease underneath the sink sort of yeah she always had the strawberry preserves like the strawberry preserves was like a huge oh get some toast with grandma's strawberry preserves okay let's hopefully let's see how many jars of strawberries she gives me for the for the (laughs) trip back yeah and i'm gonna eat it as fast as i can okay Uh, but then my grandma on my mom's side she every year christmas thanksgiving if it was a holiday where people got together to eat it was a big table as many people as could get there damn and she cooked the whole feast she's italian very martha stewart um okay driven type of type of like lifestyle decor like you know what was hot i remember one year we had a turkey with on crew with like a whole pie crust on top of it and decorations and it was oh so she was into not it not as good as the regular <laughs> stuff that she normally made um yeah there's she made um, like broccoli soup cream of broccoli soup that come to find out like is as things were in the late 90s early 2000s um a lot of just like straight up frozen broccoli yeah. Cream, blend it all, super easy, super sims. I'm thinking that yeah. it's this, like, she's this amazing cook. Yeah, like, you had, like, a can cow. of Campbell's mushroom soup. And yeah, that's I made it one time ingredient. for my mom for a Thanksgiving, and she was like, you know, Grandma's recipe is just, like, broccoli from the freezer, right? And I was like, I will be <laughs> blanching and making my own broccoli today, okay? Um, thank yeah. you, Grandma. I love you, but I will do my recipe today. Um <laughs> So all sorts of that kind of stuff. She had sets and sets of China, like enough sets that I have a set of China. My sister has a set of China now. Mm -hmm. And my mom has like two or three sets of China. Her sister has a set of China. There's a lot of China that this woman possessed. (laughs) Um, So it was like I had a charger. Then my soup plate came out. Uh And no, also now knowing what I know now, like. Behind that wall, on the other side of that wall, every year, she was cranking out some food for so many people. Just, and it's just very impressive. Uh, I can't herself? remember who, who would have been helping and this and that, but I just yeah. knew it was grandma. Because I remember grandma my cooking. grandma would kick people out of the kitchen. Like, she would get mad and be like, get, get the fuck out of here. And she'd be making pies at, like, you know, five in the morning and then also cooking, like, a huge meal for everybody. No, nope, oh, I I was too busy not paying attention to <laughs> trying to probably annoy somebody. <laughs> Were you playing Pokemon? Uh, no, 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 okay. definitely. I mean, I probably had my Game Boy. Yeah, like my OG original Game Boy, or like but, a little Tamagotchi. Um, 
that's no, it's like the size of a freaking. It's, it's like the a size of a toast tab. Those those t- you know those toast tabs that people walk around with their back pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's at, at least that big. Like you that might, big with the OG one. The OG one. That's okay. like yeah, that shit was nothing, <laughs> but it's huge. It, it is like a toast tablet. Yeah, um, yeah. You can sure. maybe fit it in your back pocket of your Jinkos. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So we would go down to California, and she would do all that sort of stuff. Um, she had basil in her back garden. This is my grandma, my mom's side. Damn, so um, she sounds like she a had a garden. She had a whole thing going on. Cook. That's where my love for basil came because it was just it always smells so good. Yeah, um, she would have zucchini growing, and I yeah, like so I like zucchini when she would make zucchini. But if my mom made zucchini, it wasn't it wasn't like grandma made it. Um, one of her best recipes was a barbecue flank steak, totally microwaved. Pretty sure it was what? like sliced first, marinated, and then just straight up fucking microwaved. Uh, but I love it. I so have a whole raw and then microwave. And I think so. I have. <laughs> so one of the most That's beautiful wild. things that my grandpa did was he digitized all of my grandma's recipes. That's sick. I have a. Yeah, I have. A, not only do I have all of my grandma's books. Oh, nice. Which is a fucking excessive amount of books. It's very stupid. Every time I move, you're like, this it is, is the dumbest. It's probably 20 or 30 like milk milk crates oh damn full of books what the so fuck? many of For them real? are like just useless <laughs> silly <laughs> stuff like the old like the super 70, old 60 there's style. like a whole time life thing uh series so it's like there's beverages candy um galantines valentines there's a whole pork book every protein whatever seafood actually sean brock had that up in his that same set in his library Oh, when, you uh, when I went Audrey? to Audrey and yes. I said, oh, my gosh, my, I have those books. They're from my grandma. And she said, yeah, my my grandma wouldn't let me have my hers. I had to go buy those. And I was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> like flex on <laughs> Sean Brock that I, I got my grandma's books. He had to go buy his. Um, oh, but shit. it was like cool to see that, like his grandma had those books. The and that's what he remembers yeah. them. Um, Damn. And your yes. grandma was out in California too. So it must have been like a whole. It was an adventure every summer to go down to California for sure. We would do the state fair, get all sorts of crazy, you know, fair fair food. She had that. There's some weird patch before they developed it. The the plant, uh, the land behind her also had watermelons just growing on it, like randomly. I don't really know. Never okay. asked questions. You just but we would like hop the fence, go get. Also, now that I'm remembering, she had like a bunch of citrus trees also growing Damn. in her backyard. Um, yeah, I was in a little paradise that I had no idea about. Um, <laughs> I was so yeah. ignorant as a kid. And unfortunately, uh, my grandma passed before I was like fully immersed in cooking. Yeah. So I never really got to like go back and check have it out. those conversations or see, see it going down. But yeah, for I me. definitely have those like food memories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Damn. So what was your first job? Did you go to college or did you go straight into a restaurant? Because you said your teacher so said to get a job at a restaurant. She told me to get a job in a restaurant. So my senior year, that summer, my senior year, um, it's actually uh, pretty funny. I was doing an event for the guys that own the baseball field the, oh, yeah, where yeah. I was working. So, yeah. And it was a, an event downtown. And basically I was just like one of those volunteer paid by the hour under the table people to just go pick up the trash can 
put a new bag in it, take that trash can to the dumpster. Because okay. it was just a bunch of people downtown for whatever. I can't even, I have no idea what it was, but it was just like, yeah. I'm in high school. You're going to pay me cash. Okay, uh-huh. great. Yeah. Um, I'll be there. And so I saw this kid. He's sitting on the curb. He's got this super fancy chef jacket on. It's got his name on it. He's smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, hey, man, where do you work? (laughs) And he's like, down here. (laughs) It's called Miranda. Here I come, walk through the back door. Right then? Oh, yeah. Back door, which it was like a public access back door. So it was right next to the bathrooms. Um, oh, okay. So you were just walking. I wasn't right just the like straight into the back like... door. No, this was like a public access back door. Okay. But it is like a back hallway. So by the time you get to seeing anything, uh-huh. you're looking at like that cheap plastic door sliding to the kitchen. Uh-huh. Actually, it was a really fucking heavy wooden door that hit me a couple times. And like the server bread station. And I walked behind them into this dining room that's just buzzing, hardcore. There's a whole bunch of chefs on the line. And I'm like, hey, I'll just like talk to the first person. They're like some random fucking server. And I'm like, like hey, I was worried about getting a job here. And they're just like, go to the people in the front. Like, like, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Clearly, I have no idea what's going on. And I go talk to the hosts. They're also kind of looking at me like, real cute, kid. They give me some whatever. Maybe they give me a card or something. Yeah. Or say, you know, call back, come back in the morning. I do that. I get a job as a dishwasher and I'm a PM dishwasher at this busy restaurant. We're probably doing 300 covers. Um, Fridays and Saturdays, it was like a two man dishwashing Uh unit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's a, that's a large volume. Yeah. It was definitely big. I just did the weekends, um, some nights after school and, uh, that's where I met Tomas and Tomas taught me how to, this is how you crank out dishes. This guy was absolutely crazy. You talk about fucking crazy fucking dishwashers. Crazier like, than David? Cra- whoa, way crazier than David. What, David. for real? Oh, at okay. this point, so what I knew, know about this guy was, first off, he speaks perfect English. Uh-huh. I think that he's like some crazy like Mexican-Russian guy, but I don't know what his ethnicity is. Clearly Latin. But his jaw movement's so messed up that I think he's like Russian. Okay. From drugs. <laughs> But my stupid 16-year-old <laughs> ass is 17-year-old ass doesn't yeah. understand that concept that element, yet. Yeah, because you don't know the and whole world yet. Yeah. That's he crazy. is only reason he's stuck in Bend is because he threw some guy out of a bar window up on the mountain, which is the only reason why people come to Bend, Oregon, is Mount Bachelor. He threw somebody off the he mountain? Threw someone out of a window. I don't know. I've Trained? never been there, but that's basically what he said. He threw the in a bar fight, threw somebody out of a window. <laughs> and so he was stuck there for court. Or he had oh, to be shit. there. So he, he was pissed because he always used to tell me that uh, he was like, uh, he drove like some excavator or something in Las Vegas in a quarry. And he's like, I could be making 30 fucking dollars an hour right now. But instead he's in the dish pit at the time, probably making like eight. Yeah. Um, but he was so good that he would s- clear the plate rack where they stack the dishes. Uh-huh. Smooth all the plates over to his like, stainless steel table area uh-huh clear off the area so he could go take a fucking walk down by the park where there's nobody oh yeah What's to do there? some fucking drugs <laughs> yeah. and come back and just fucking crank it out and i was like i don't want 
He's so <laughs> fast. He's, oh, no wonder he's so fast and crazy because he's cracked out right now. What, what moment did you realize that that's what was going on? That oh, he was this was way after he was out gone. Of his mind or speed or like no, way, way later. Or something. So naive. I'm so Damn. naive. I know how to smoke <laughs> weed at this point. I've okay. barely. I've. Yeah. I. I. Both my parents are teachers, so I was a goody two shoes until. I got my car and one of my best friends who had been trying to get me to smoke weed since junior high, uh-huh. my sophomore year, finally got yeah. me to smoke weed with her. And so that was all I knew. And I was still very, like, very secretive. I, yeah. There's no way I could get caught. My fucking parents are both teachers. My dad's the dean of students at my high school. Yeah. I can't get caught. Yeah. So I had no idea about other drugs. Uh-huh. I didn't know shit. But yeah, he was clearly going getting fucked up and coming back and just banging out the rest of the night. That whole place Damn. was just so nasty. What kind of place was that? Was like uh, uh, just a- Mediterranean. What? So by Mediterranean, like they that. mean French and Italian. Okay. And then like five or six years down the road, they, they ended up getting like bored. And so they started doing like North African sort of things, like little tremula spice on something. But what? it's like uh, very what? French and Italian. Okay. Um, you had your salad station. You had your pasta station. You had your pizza Okay. And the, yeah. all the fish came out of the pizza oven. You just seared it on a flat plancha, uh-huh. and then you had the grill and a big rotisserie. Um, Damn, that's nice. He was a big name chef. Uh, came from San Francisco, where he opened up a very similar restaurant to the one that he was the chef of in San Francisco here in in Bend, and. So it was big time deal. There was so much crazy stuff going on. It was okay. big. There's a rotisserie special every night. So it was like suckling pig, leg of lamb, prime rib. We did chickens and pork loins every night. And so damn. after I did the night dishwashing, I did morning dishwashing. Uh-huh. I did some morning prep. I did all the night prep. The, the night prep was sweet because you had two cooks, two prep cooks. One of them was the pasta guy and he was the senior cook. So he got to pick the music. Oh shit! And then what was that? You Just had, pop punk. Uh, depends on who it was. Trey, mm-hmm. the guy that I saw smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. uh, he had very eclectic taste in music. Oh, okay. So it was we all talking about death grips right now? We're talking no, all <laughs> over the board. All over the board. Um, could be some old stuff. Could be like what was current on the radio. Who knew? Oh, okay. Um, right. You never knew what he so was. He was just play. all over the place. Yeah. And then the other prep cook was he would have to shuck all the oysters. For happy hour, Good Lord. he would have to do all the little peel and eat shrimp bowls. So we had this like ice Holy machine shit. that you'd turn it on and it would crank yeah. out some fucking crushed ice, scoop it into these bowls, put these cocktails, mignonette. Da, 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 da. Um, so was that was like your first hour. Oh yeah. Was- oh yeah. You were, you didn't get shit done on your prep list for the first hour and a half of work. Cause you were just cranking out shucking oysters, shucking oysters um, for God, happy damn. hour. And then you did all some, all this other stuff, vegetable stocks, got the, roasted all the bones for the stocks and uh-huh. cut French fries. I have fingertips missing from that French mandolin. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like this is, you know, I can still see the scar. It's great. Um, yeah. I remember it very vividly. The French mandolin's the, the giant one you have to like set up and it's like lock in It's super janky. Right? Yeah. And, and super like, janky and all metal. It's not, yeah. it's not like a sexy burn reiner. No. Um, but so, it also has like the teeth going up to make yeah. the French fries. We're not cranking French fries out. I'm <laughs> mandolining Kennebex <laughs> in a Julianne on that machine. And those oh, teeth are up. like crooked. Like yeah. I know you can't tell cause it's a podcast, but my finger yeah. is bent. Yeah. It was janky. And uh, yeah. Shit. And this yes, was, you know, this was also all the time. before people cared about your emotions. So sure. Oh. I chopped the tip of my finger off. I, I know, they don't dab care. it in some black pepper. 
wrap it up. Okay. You still got another 22 quart of potatoes to chop, bro. Yeah. And then, cl- and then clean the kitchen. <laughs> um, so did all that morning stuff. prep, And then eventually one day, this stupid line cook. At that point, I was going out to the line, finishing my prep list, cleaning the line. I was the pasta prep guy. We made the gnocchi. We did like three or four different pastas. It was really fun. That was probably the all best. All handmade pasta? All handmade pasta. That That's was probably sick. the best prep. That was the best prep job ever was you just went in you yeah. got your potatoes on you made your doughs you did a whole egg for the raviolis uh egg yolk for the regular noodles and then there was always at least three pastas one ravioli and then a gnocchi uh-huh. and you made all of it by hand someone else made the filling one of the chefs made the fillings but you, that was what you did every day they said here's your prep list make this many trays and that's what you did. Oh, it was so great. Loved Damn. it. Did they pay you at first? Like, oh, yeah. Okay, it wasn't oh, yeah. just like there a was stodge. No stodging. Okay. This was I was a prep cook that they yeah. moved up, or I was a dishwasher that they moved up to a prep cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I would get done with my my prep list, I would yeah. go out. It wasn't it, service wasn't over, so I would go out and I would help clean the line. I was doing anything I could to get on the line. And then one day, this girl who was the pantry cook called in sick, and then rode her bicycle in front of the restaurant. Big, wow. huge windows downtown Bend, Oregon. Like, uh huh. And I got the phone call saying, "Do you want to work the line?" And that that was the summer that I was the end of the summer that I was grilling, and uh-huh. I was like, "Yeah, I've got to do this for the rest of the summer." But like, yes, I'm totally in. And so they fired her, and I started getting the pantry shifts. And oh my god, I was a You've worked with me, so you know, and it's a little, um, when it's a little wiry and there's kind of stuff everywhere. Yeah. So the line there, you came out of the back kitchen and you went, turned to the right. There was another little server alley. And then you went down the line and it was the grill station, the pizza station, and then it took a left. Uh-huh. So it, oh, so the it was, a, was like an L It was shaped? a little L, not uh-huh. quite L, but uh-huh. in that sort of in that sort of manner. And then you had the pasta station saute, and then you got to the pantry. Uh huh. So I was not very organized at gathering all of my things. Oh no. So things would happen. Things would get fired and I wouldn't have that ingredient on my station. I didn't even have to prep shit. You just had to go gather everything and put it in knife pans and put it on your station. How old are you at this point? 17. Okay. 17 or 18. Way there. Um, And I am just running down the line and all these cooks are just, they're having a laugh at this. <laughs> Cause I also, you know, think I'm hot shit. Oh, okay. I'm like, in, <laughs> right. I'm like in the coolest thing. You don't even know about me yet. <laughs> and oh yeah, it was a shit show. Yeah. I had a day where was right in front of me. He scared the shit out of me and I pulled out my drawer and one whole side of my drawer, which is all ninth pants for uh-huh. a salad. Yeah. The, the dividers popped and everything dropped on the ground right in front of me. And luckily it's a weekend. So it's a two man station. Yeah. And I looked at the person and they looked at me and they were not, um, the more senior station person. They were new after I'd been working there. (laughs) Um, so I looked at them and I just, it's like, don't say anything. And I just kept going back and forth, carrying as many things as I could without looking like I just lost my whole station. Oh, no. 
So I oh, was hiding shit. it from Chef. Yeah, you didn't tell and anybody. And it happened oh, right in no. front of him. Oh, no. And, I mean, the rest of the cooks knew what was going on. Wait, but how did he not see if, like... Because he was on the other side in the dining room. It's oh. open... Sorry, it's an open kitchen. But he's on the he's expo side? He's expoing side okay. in the dining yeah. room. So he doesn't... He can't see it at all. It's a huge oh, no. wall. Um, oh, no. Yeah. And so that was a fun... So wait, what did you, how did you fix that? Oh, we just, I just ran and grabbed, everything was already prepared in the back. You just oh, had okay. to go open Cambros and fill up ninth pans again. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Jesus. Yeah, no, the line cooks there, you didn't have to do anything. You just had to go get it, show up at three, be ready to cook by four. And that just means gather everything and have a, have whatever you need on your station. Yeah. So then uh, after working in the pantry for a while, I finally got to work the pizza oven. Ooh, and okay. so was it like learned, a brick oven or what? Uh, it used to be a wood oven um, or wood burning oven, but yeah, it, it's a traditional like flat pizza oven. Um, we did pizzas during happy hour, and then like I said, we cooked the seared the fish. So mm. all the fish would just be seared on a little on a flat top or a plancha cast iron, uh-huh. and then it would just go into the oven to bake and like sear at the same time. Okay. You'd probably put some, they had some like casuela, so like a double handled big steel thing and you just fill it up with whatever the ragu or whatever okay. the set was that went with it and just uh-huh. pop it in the oven to get hot. And once everything boiled and the fish was cooked, you just like shit goes down, fish on top. Yeah. I don't even know if there was garnishes at this point. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, like, yeah, a, you know, like a fucking four really. ounce piece of fish. Yeah. Um, so, damn. So definitely that kind of time period of when what yeah. food was just and then inside i yeah. basically kind of got stuck there at the pizza at the pizza oven because the next position was the grill and i didn't i was not ready to work the grill was and, it like a wood fire grill or was it an actual uh, charcoal so it was a big old charcoal grill the big um it's not like argentinian but it had the big wheel on the side the crank thing and you know you'd have to pull the oh. wheel <laughs> oh, down yeah 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 um, and just like dump a, a whole bag of charcoal thing? in there. Yeah. Huh. And then that was never going to happen Damn. under his, under him as that chef. Like that was never going to happen. Why not? Uh, cause he- I was just was too young and you know, all the things, the other station, the saute station was <laughs> like the Kush station. It was like, okay. I've been here the longest. I get to make the saute, the, do the saute. I get to do mm-hmm. all the pastas. I'm not over on the grill getting hot. Nah, I'm just hanging out over here. Are you working like every day of the week? Uh, or is this at that point school, I was, like so I'd gone to culinary school, started culinary school and was working full time in a kitchen on the line at this point. Oh, so you were at culinary school as well. I went, once I graduated high school, I went straight to culinary school, Cascade Culinary Institute. Okay. Um, this school, the timeline's kind of messed up because everything's all meshed up together, but um, graduated yeah. high school. Uh, we didn't even, didn't even talk about the Horrible dishes that we made in my senior year in high school. What do you mean? Wait, <laughs> you said the crepes, but was there other? What do you mean? Oh, my senior year, there was a, we did the big competition. Okay. The, the statewide like competition. Statewide, okay. Um, the, there's a did you win pro start program. I think we might've got, nah, we never won one, but I was always like honorable mentions in the top for sure. Okay. And if they didn't say it, I knew what we, I knew it was right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the person who just said all the dishes were terrible. Well, yeah. it's at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that dish. Wait, uh, wait, wait, what do you okay. mean? Okay. 
so How it bad was. Could it, be? it was. It was. So my senior year. Gosh, we're going way back now. My senior year, the my teacher wasn't there. Uh, oh, so yeah, they hired a new teacher okay. because some BS that doesn't matter. That's public education, not mm-hmm. um, culinary industry. Yeah, uh, yeah. service industry. Um, so we had these new te- people. Uh, I guess she was the teacher, and her her, her wife or her husband was our coach um and they had owned restaurants before um i can't even remember their names but they were very uh italian Sicil- sicilian okay. but like they did giorgio giorgio was his name god i can't remember her name or their last name but giorgio big dude huge nose <laughs> um and he taught me how to make his fettuccine alfredo oh god what was that like um, so this wasn't when I was making pasta at Miranda yet. Yeah. Dried morels into what? the pasta. Was I made the fettuccine. That. Okay. And then simple garlic shallots, white wine, cream, reduce it. And then we did shaky cheese. <laughs> we did craft shaky cheese <laughs> okay. into, cause he said you, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the number one. And so that was the fettuccine. It went with some like charred tomatoes or something. And then we stuffed fresh morels inside a double chop of lamb. Okay. And we did the two. And so it's only an hour long competition and you make three dishes. Okay. So one, it's a four man team. One person made the appetizer and it was a crab cake with like a big radicchio cup yeah and then we had the entree the lamb and then the dessert i think we steamed a gluten-free chocolate molten lava cake okay so you can imagine how delicious it was (laughs) um but i didn't see what anybody else was doing because i had to make pasta dough roll Uh pasta dough cook pasta dough and then make the sauce Uh uh-huh and i i only have X amount of time to be on the burner, right? So at a certain point, I have to be there doing the burner. I got to cook. There's only two burners in the kitchen. Oh, shit. So I have okay. to do the cook the pasta and fin- cook it in the sauce. Yeah. So I had no idea what everybody else did. I just made pasta that that whole oh, for shit. a whole hour. That's all I did was make a fettuccine Alfredo um, and then scoop it, put it into a ball of gloopy. Oh, man. It was not sexy what I know now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that was the dish. Dried morel, morels. fettuccine, Alfredo with stuffed lamb and blistered tomatoes. I think that's what it was. I have a picture on my phone, I'm pretty sure, from way, way back in the day. Wow. Maybe it's not this phone, but <laughs> if I find Damn. it, if I scroll across it one day, I'll send it to you. All right. You can put, you can put it on your, <laughs> you can put it on the P on Instagram. Um, so then fast forward back to, I'm never going to work the grill Oh yeah, this yeah. restaurant. Wait, wait, before that, do you, okay. what, what, uh, what drew you to that? Because I remember seeing like dudes on this shitty line at Red Robin, and I was like, that looks so cool. What, what was the attraction for you? Uh, dude, he had this dopest chef coat. He looks oh, was so. Chef coat? He looks so crisp. But then and when clean. you saw the line, and you saw how crazy it was, and how hard the work was. Um, I mean, it. I was. Oh, this is hot shit. I was this is cool shit. Yeah, I mean, it was really. So I was mediocre at everything growing up. <laughs> okay. So I could play every sport. Well, I never played football, but 
I could have figured it out. I just, there was no need to get hit. Um, <laughs> I played hockey, so it's not like I didn't get hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was okay at everything. I was never good at anything. And cooking, uh-huh. I was good at. Okay, I was, so it was I like, was starting you, you to like, good at it. In high school and just doing the prep lists, I felt good about what I was doing. It felt good. I, I liked it. I could tell that I was doing things better than the prep cook before me. You know, the guy that I replaced, I was like, oh, why did it take so long to do this? This isn't that hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just liked it. The fire. I wouldn't say like the fire and the knives, but it was also like uh, I could tell that it was a space for delinquents. Oh, yeah. And no, so I was very much a delinquent. Um, I yeah. used the excuse <laughs> of late night at the restaurant <laughs> yeah. to go over to my buddy's house and smoke weed in his parents' garage. Oh, yeah. And then come home and hopefully they were yeah. in bed. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it was, there were some amazing. very interesting people I met in those restaurants. Um, oh, I bet. Looking back, like I learned, I learned a lot. There was, um, whatever happened to that dude? Which one? The dude who worked, um, Oh, Tomas, the, dish, the Tomas, dishwasher. Yeah. Oh shit! I don't know. He he quit Just it one day, and yeah, yeah. he he, he, he left one day, and who knows? <laughs> we hired. Then they ended up hiring uh, the guy that I remember the most as a cook there. Um, his name was Israel. He was also Latin, and that's what his paperwork said. But we called him Enrique. Okay. So you can do the math. I don't know what his real name was, but he was just super chill, dude. Always had the machine Uh going. He would just come out behind you. He would say uh, his little catchphrase with everybody was atrocity. So like an atrocity, but he's saying atroc, like I'm behind you. Oh, okay. But he would make it an, oh, it's an atrocity. And that was like his like one little like English joke that he had. But he was great. You never had to t- go take your pants to the dish pit. You never ran out of plates. Solid, solid guy. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Tomas. <laughs> Might have been down, down by the river. Then couldn't work anywhere else uh, as far as like on this, in the line. Okay. I wasn't going to be there. I was going to be stuck there. And for some reason, the chef, the, se- the chef de cuisine who came from San Francisco with this guy is getting laid off. That was pretty weird. And then... The other guy's second restaurant, sushi restaurant, he's got to close that down. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So I kind of realized, not knowing that I made a great move, that this restaurant was clearly going out of business. Um, I went to go work for the CDC at uh, this new new job that he had got, uh, working at Scanlon's at the Athletic Club of Bend. So this is the restaurant attached to the Rich People's Athletic Club. And you followed the CDC from I followed that him because he was uh, I worked with him in the mornings as the prep cook when I would be okay. his bitch. Put all <laughs> yeah. away all the produce. Hey big strong Kevin, make me an ice bath. Yeah. Um hey, big, yeah, that was where I, that was where I learned if you drop a compliment on somebody before you ask them to do it. They'll do it. The, they're, they're more likely to do it. It's like, yeah, big, strong Kevin. Shit, yeah, he's course, right here. Yeah. He's right here. He'll do it. No problem. Ice bath? Yeah. The iciest bath you've ever seen, chef. So I went up there. It was a much smaller volume. Uh, there was a couple of guys that already had worked there that were just kind of like feeling out whether or not they were going to stick around for this new uh-huh. regime. Yeah. A couple of them ended up leaving. I had to pass a drug test to get, the, to get that job. 
and clearly was not. There's not no way you were clean um, at that point. But yeah. uh, if you ever read High Times magazine in the <laughs> early 2000s, you're familiar with uh, the Wizenator. Is which that the was shit you a, buy at the store? It's a. It was a fake dong to come out of your pants. Yeah. That had a little click to release the the what do you want to call it a reservoir of real urine that you that got, you from, got someone from someone else. Someone else. And then you got to pee warm pee like out of a fake dick. It, and so I, I, my friend already had it. My friend already had it. So I was like, shit, dude, I'm going to use it. So you just bought, borrowed his? Uh, his dad's his. Yeah. His dad gave me his pee. <laughs> my boss knew that I was going to have to pass this fake, pass this drug test to get so wait, the wait, job. Is this like an actual drug test where like somebody's standing behind you? Uh, watching no, you pee, it was super cash. It was super yeah, cash. Yeah. Just okay, going to so the room. Right. I made it way worse than it needed to be. But <laughs> We had the Wizenator, so why not use it, you know? Uh, so <laughs> I ended you up, that experience. Yeah, now I have that experience. <laughs> so I ended up getting the job, just pantry. Uh, I think they, they also had a pizza oven there, and then pizza oven was the next one. And then it ended up being this one guy who'd been there for a long time, uh-huh. and me, and we basically worked the three, the grill, the pizza, and the saute uh-huh. collectively. And then somebody just does the salads and the really easy, cheap desserts on the side over there in their little hole. But it was just (laughs) me and this guy basically running a three man, a three station line every night. But this is just for country club, right? So it's like 40. Uh, Yeah, it was not a lot of covers. It wasn't a lot of covers, but that's where I learned to cook steaks. That's where I learned to make the pastas. All this shit was the same shit that he did at the oh, other he restaurant. Just literally took it over. And, yeah, because like, he wrote the menu. And oh, okay. It was like he, you know, he tweaked some stuff. He changed some stuff. It was like, yeah. oh, chef, the brine, do the brine. Okay, we're gonna brine the pork chop. So Maybe funny. it's not rotisserie now, but it's brined in the exact same brine that I've made for you yeah. for years. Yeah. Um. So I worked there. That's where I learned a lot about like how to cook meat and like I had time to like focus on focus on one learning how to be good at stuff. Uh I also took one uh, hosting shift there because the host team, all all the hosts were out of town. They couldn't get back in time. (laughs) I can't imagine you as a host. I can't. So I hosted one night. I learned a lot of respect for the front of house. Yeah. It's different. It's not for me. I, Almost didn't have tables for reservations. It wasn't supposed to be busy, and then it got busy, and it was it was <laughs> like very much it was very much the service staff, the the servers, telling me what to do and where to go, and I was just a body that was <laughs> that was like right this way. May I take your coat? Yeah, and they're like, Did you have to wear a suit. That t- no, oh no, uh, super casual. Like I might have had like a button up, like a oh, pole, button up on it. Yeah, not yeah. even like a. Yeah, just a casual button-up. Not even anything fancy. Not, no tie. No, nothing like that. Learned that. That was great. Learned how to cook there for a while. Uh, ironically, also learned the trick of you can't go outside to smoke because you're in this big complex, right? You can't just go to the alley. Oh, because they'll see you? Uh, like the guests so will see you or some shit? This is how we used to do it before any of you guys worked here. The guy who doesn't smoke weed gets the pot of gets the pan on the line hot, ripping hot. Okay. Everybody's smoking weed in the uh, walk-in, which is then just shooting air straight, straight up, up, right? Yeah. But you got to yeah. mask that. So, a couple seconds after everybody goes in there and hits it, homie who doesn't smoke any weed walks in, hits the garlic into the pan as everybody exhales, and the weed smoke, 
and the like garlic smell go out of the the building at one time. So yes, it was very coordinated. So was like, Holy shit! Uh, uh, very That's coordinated. Amazing. All all this just to like smoke smoke just weed. To smoke some weed at a job you're that working. you're shouldn't be smoking weed. Smoking at. weed at yeah. <laughs> and that you pass a drug test to get to get. Yep. <laughs> yep. Definitely, definitely. And this is also before like vape pens and stuff. So you oh, had yeah, to way like, before no, you had to, like, no roll up vaporizers. Some... Yeah, the you had the volcano. Oh yeah, the or big, you the had big that ones? crazy scientific thing that was a little <laughs> box yeah. and a little glass rod with yeah. this weird crazy tube. That the only dudes that had those were the weird hippie guy that you bought weed from. That you were like, yeah, those dudes what were the fuck. Weed, and yeah. every time you left that place, you were fucking trying to figure out what just happened. <laughs> That was vaping back then. Um, God damn. Yeah, no pens. I can't imagine. I can't imagine working high. So I can't do it. That was as funny you say that because there was a day at that point in time. I was also after I'd been there for a while. The restaurant, the first restaurant that I worked at, that had closed. Reopened. Did it actually close? Oh yeah, definitely closed. Okay. He, so chef ended up moving to Australia. There was this whole big thing in the newspapers because he was the big, hot, big chef. Uh He moved to Australia. He had to file bankruptcy. Oh, so he went bankrupt. Um, Damn. You know, there's a a comeback story. He ends up being uh, one of the... Starts working for Frito-Lays after a couple years. And he is one of the chefs, like the chefs that work for Frito-Lays that Uh are in those kitchens making those things. Yeah. Doritos Locos Taco. What? One of I don't know if he's like oh, the he guy like that made it, it, but he helped develop the Doritos Locos Taco. Jesus. So, talk about a comeback story, right? <laughs> wow. It's uh, going from a 300 cover restaurant with like rotisserie and all that kind of shit to to making the Doritos Locos tacos. Got to pay the bills, you know. Dude, he, if he's getting if he's getting any sort of like residual from that, he's rich. He's got to be rich by now, right? Yeah, I Probably haven't, get residual, I haven't followed up, but <laughs> The uh, have to get him on the, the management team. The management team reopened that other restaurant. Okay, S- pretty much same concept. They were yeah, 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 you know. And so then I took. I was out of school, and I needed a morning job so I could get more money. And so I was working the lunch shift. Lunch shift down there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you went back over there, and then w- I would basically just get done with my shift, smoke weed the whole time I drove to work and get to work. And one day my sous chef who bless her heart was, I had no respect for her. No no one did. Um, she asked me, she said, can you just come in one day, not stoned and just see what happens? No, wait, what did she know? You guys were smoking? Like just cause she, Wait, 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 she wait, just wait. wanted to see how how I would how I would do. Oh, okay. But was the was the chef also part of the weed smoking crew, or was this all just line uh, cooks? No, the chef didn't. I mean, he didn't partake. He was not really there that often. Okay. Um, okay. But that's funny. So no, and it wasn't like a like you shouldn't smoke weed because it's a bad thing. She was just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And I went into that work that day, and I had zero focus. I was like literally like the term chicken with its head cut off. Yeah. Just that's what around. I did. Did you do that on purpose or did you I, really feel that? No, no. That's, how, you, that's just how I work. That's how I was. I'm ADD as fuck. Yeah. And I need something to help me focus and finish the job. So what happens is I can start a project. Uh-huh. I'll take it to 90%. 
And then you just and start it. the next one, and then start the next one, and then start the next one. And maybe that means that something's it, burning yeah. on the stove, or like you know, croutons are in the oven, or yeah. you just have a whole bunch of cut vegetables on your cutting board, but not in a container. They could be in your low boy now, but no, they're just a step pile over there. And <laughs> I could have been doing something else. Yeah. So after doing that, the other line cook that I was working with, he was like, "Don't ever not you come ever alive. do that to me again? <laughs> I'm not attached to this job." Yeah. Like I do firefighting. Uh, I don't need to be here. <laughs> firefighting. Firefighters. Oh, fire, okay. Firefighters I get paid know. shit ton of money. This is like, you? oh yeah. What the fuck? In firefighter and fire seasons. Oh, because the they work like, oh, they work like they crazy work hours. crazy hours. It's right. like you're on for a week off for a week. And you're like the week okay. you're like fighting the fire. Yeah, yeah. You're not. You're like <laughs> sleeping the bear, like bare minimums. And you're back out to fighting the fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was like, "No, dude, I don't need to be here. I will yeah, literally, I, I will walk shit. out on on you on all of this." <laughs> what did so, she say? Did she agree with him? Uh, was she like, "Please, she, keep smoking"? She definitely was like, she didn't say you should smoke weed, but she was like, "Okay, I won't tell you what to do anymore." Okay, so like, she kind of got yeah, it. She, she, like, she definitely figured it out. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. So then after that, shit, we didn't even talk about culinary school. How was culinary school for you? Oh, culinary school was a fucking... Uh, was it a joke? <laughs> it was a joke, but I didn't pay a bunch of money for it because it, it was the Cascade Culinary Institute, which... Oh, that's good. So it was like $30,000 semester? No, I've already paid it off. Oh, sick. Okay. I'm done with my student loans. And my payments were like $73 a month. Oh, sick. Okay, um, that's way better than, way better than most people. I think I borrowed like seven grand to get this half of my culinary school done and then okay i stretched a two-year program out to three years and just paid the rest out of pocket by only taking oh a few some few, few classes. classes every semester did but, it actually offer any value to you or because it sounds like uh, you're already in the in the thick it, of it so what, what's it the point did of it, in right? the fact that it gave me the the understanding of why you do things the way that you do things. Okay. Instead of like, a as chef opposed to just, just do like, that. do it like this. This is what you do. This is why you, yeah. you, you never got that. This is why you do it. Uh-huh. You just got, this is, this is the thing. Do it like this. Yeah. So that gave me a good understanding, um, of like why you caramelize vegetables or why you just sweat vegetables. Yeah. What's the difference of what you're trying to do. If you're building a sauce, you're making, uh, you know, French onion soup. Mm-hmm. You're not sweating those onions. You're fucking caramelizing those down, whether you like to do it with water or not, or however you like to caramelize your onions, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're caramelizing <laughs> yeah. onions. Yeah, you're bringing yeah, yeah. out the sugars. They're turning brown. It's not a sweated ass onion. It's not a white onion. It's different. Yeah. So learning that and those types of like concepts was probably the biggest thing for me. Also just repeating like knife skills and learning stuff. But I was doing knife skills in high school as well. Yeah. We did, I had a little card with everything. I was doing tournees when I was 17. God damn. Okay. Um, You're deep you know, in I'll it. fucking whip out a tournee right now. <laughs> bring it, bring it on, bring it on. Holy shit. Uh, All right. So the culinary school was based out of the cafeteria for the uh, for the students that lived on campus. 
But this, you said it was a, you said it was a religious school. No, no, not a religious. Oh, okay, school. I thought you said it was a Catholic school or something. No, like no, okay. Ca- Cascade Culinary Institute is what they called it. Okay. At Central Oregon Community College. Oh, it was a community college. Okay. S- yes, the okay. layers get deeper and deeper. <laughs> so you can see how this. Yeah. I don't know what the math is, but let's say eight, thirty-two person school uh-huh. with three instructors. Yeah. Was pretty fucking small. Yeah. Um, and so you're working out of just the the cafeteria. the cafeteria. Yeah. They set it up. They basically told him if you the chef, if you want to do this school, you have to do the food program for the for the students. And so he said, okay. So he, okay. as the chef of the culinary school, he was also like the head chef of the of the cafeteria. He had a what? guy that he had running the cafeteria and all that but he stuff, was also right? Like but technically, he was the boss. So as far as like the God paperwork damn. and all of that stuff, <laughs> that was shit. all. That was his business. Damn. Because he wanted to make this culinary school happen. Crazy okay. British guy, Julian Darwin. Okay. That's a great uh, name. He, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about respect. I learned a lot about why you say, yes, chef. I learned a lot about why you do things the way that you do them for whoever you're doing them for. Uh-huh. Uh, cause there's a funny story about that. And I went through the, their culinary program was set up where you had four classes each semester or trimester. And there was three semesters. So you were either a, a first, a first term, second term or third term student. And then within each group of, Front of house, I can't remember what they call Wait, it. Like what? dining room service was the name they were of the class. That? Yeah. Dining room fuck? service was one class. Then you had the bake shop, then you had hot foods, and then you had garmanger. Okay. And so every week the curriculum was based off of the luncheon that we were doing out in the The dining room of it that was thing? Dining room, sure. <laughs> um it was like a a meeting center basically. Oh shit. Uh, were you feeding students? Who were you feeding? No, we would feed. This would come from um, lots of like school stuff and different. So the teacher, the culinary teachers from the high schools, um, maybe they would plan a lunch to come up there or just lots of staff members from the college. Okay. I don't know. We did like maybe 40 people, maybe 30 people, and we did it catering style or banquet style. Oh, okay. Um, the, and so we would just. Yeah, we would yeah. crank it out. Uh-huh. Plate it, just slide the plate down, plate it, slide it down, plate it. And so in order to learn everything, you had to like do the recipe that you were in charge of, uh-huh. but then also like know what the other two, three people in your group were doing. Okay. Because that's all that was happening was I'm making the sauce, you're making the mashed potatoes, Charlie over here is cooking the chicken, and you had to coordinate kind they've of thing. got that's the what whatever, mean? and that's yeah. all you're going to learn that week. Okay, so wait, it was on you to learn. Is that what you're saying? You had uh, the like, you had the recipe, but like as a team of the four people in the group, uh-huh. you all had to make it. So you just did your one thing. If you wanted to learn what the other people were doing, you had to go like kind of like check it out. Okay. Otherwise, you just do your recipe and get by. Uh, but if you wanted to learn, you had to go like out and do it. Yeah. We would do the luncheons. Garmanger would make the salad, and this was like apples poured out to be the plating vessel for a Waldorf salad. Yeah. Oh, that's classic. Okay. That's like some, uh, so learn lots of, lots of that. And then as you go through your second term student, so there's new, 
new kids in the class. Uh-huh. You teach them the ropes. Third year student, you're kind of like in charge of running the group. Okay. And that was the whole school. I'm pretty sure I paid less than like, I paid like less than 15 grand for the whole, my whole culinary school. Damn. Cheap as shit. Yeah. That's pretty cheap for culinary school. I mean, people probably have like books now that cost more than that. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. So obviously going through, I'm working every night. I do culinary school. I go to work every night. I think I'm hot shit. The only people that are cooking as good as me in the class are the other guy who's working at the brewery and the moms that have been cooking to survive their whole, for their lives now, you Wait, know? What? There yes, the moms, moms in there? Like, oh, hanging yeah, out? definitely. What are they? Definitely. What, they just wanted to like switch it up. And learn, um, some, learn some of them were or? career changing. Some of them were just kind of like learning for the sake of learning. Bunsies. Um, okay. Bunsies. I'm here but for But yeah, they were, they were the people that were excelling because they already knew how to roast something, you know? Yeah. So then back to the story of with, with Chef Julian and learning why you do things the way that you, you do things. The line cooks at work had taught me how to make hollandaise oh, without God. using a double boiler. Uh-huh. And how was that? Just in a pot on the stove, but you just have a low pot, low uh-huh. flame, and you just bring it back and forth, kind of controlling the heat that you want to yeah. while you're whipping the eggs and cooking the eggs. Okay. And so, lo and behold, we have some Bernays sauce for the steak for, for luncheon this week. Yeah. And I'm the guy making it, and I'm cooking my eggs. I believe I might have been doing it in a bowl over the stove because they taught <laughs> me that way too. Um, Wait, just straight up like metal bowl. Metal bowl over the stove, just bringing it back. Yeah, just whipping up the eggs, right? And he must not like that. So he was watching me, like like the chef should. Yeah. And he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting. And I start to add the butter, and lets me get about halfway in with the butter. Okay. And he walks by, and he sticks a spoon in, and he tastes it, and he goes, "Your eggs are not cooked. Start over." Use a double boiler this time. And I was like, oh, shit. I was so fucking fluffed up and mad because I was like, you don't know. Nah, nah. So did you keep going? No, nah, I, I had to <laughs> throw what I said. Yes, chef. Started over. Did it the right way. Uh-huh. The full story of that is for my black box final, which is uh-huh. chopped. Wait, um, that's what up. they do is you're like your final? That was they my final. Give you a, they pretty, give you a box cool. and I... Cook them a three-course meal with the ingredients that were in there. Is anything weird, like candy or something? Uh, it was no. It was definitely like they wanted you to show what you've learned oh, in the okay. school. So, yeah. uh, my nemesis was yeast, so I got yeast. This was like, a, I think it was like a three-hour cook because you had to do everything from scratch. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, you had to open the box, figure out what you were going to do, and then cook an entree or a, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. Damn. So I had to. It was early in the morning. I got ham, and so I was like, well, what else do you put with ham other than eggs? How do you Mm. show technique? Eggs Benedict. I don't know how to make English muffins because I suck at bread and that wasn't going to happen, but I know I can make biscuits. So I made biscuits, butchered in air quotes, the ham, Uh which is a chunk of ham, (laughs) showed my meat butchery skills, poached an egg, and then I made a hollandaise. Uh huh. How do you think I made that hollandaise? Did you do it in the double boiler? Oh no! (laughs) 
I was doing it right over that flame. Were you doing that just to like sort of like oh poke yeah? A bit? <laughs> and chef walks through the kitchen. Oh shit! Eyes me the whole time, and here is my little twenty-year-old ass shit-eating grin on my face, whisking my eggs away. <laughs> and the best part is, he's not actually grading the finals. Uh huh. I'm making two dishes for the other two chefs. Uh huh. So they have no idea what's going on in the kitchen. Yeah. They're just grading the final product. Yeah. And he is looking at me, but he can't tell me what to do because it's me it's showing what test. I've yeah. learned from my test. And oh, that's, that's great. Oh, baby. You're telling me that you give two chefs at 10 o'clock in the morning a biscuit with ham, a poached egg, and a hollandaise on it? Yeah. Clean plates. <laughs> Clean plates. Uh, and so that was my culinary school. Very simple. I ended up having to do the next two years after that, going to like basic classes to get my associate's degree from okay. the college. Oh, okay. Like math and English and all that kind of yeah. shit. Yeah. Just to get um, associates. Yeah. I had to do some, some bullshit uh, electives and <laughs> I took an art class. Learned. I took yeah. a, uh, I took a, uh, like exercising. I can't remember. I think it was like a running class. Okay. Just, she just ran. Um, it was okay. so, it was so stupid easy. And then I did a theater or was it theater? It was like, I can't even remember. Maybe it was, there was some form of theater involved, but there was no like stage player, like doing anything. It was just like, go to the class Improv and then kind of thing? everybody would do like a monologue every once in a while. That was my, my, wow. my final for that class. I did the monologue from, uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. The very beginning. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And of course, I have a friend. You're like freaking out? I have a friend who has huge curly hair, uh-huh. very Dr. Gonzo-esque, and I asked him, he didn't have a job, said, would you come in for my college class and sit next to me? You have to say like one thing, like murmur something one time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, uh, that was wow, part of my okay. culinary education. Part of my culinary education. That's very unique. Uh, yeah, it was. I can't imagine. But again, it was cheap as shit. Play. So it was basically just an associate's degree from a community college. <laughs> um, With the culinary degree on top of it. But yeah, culinary arts and business management is what I have a degree in, which for sure has served me no purpose. I never got a job <laughs> based on a resume. Honestly, I don't even have a resume. Um, Who gets a job? I mean, unless you're like in a corporate kitchen or like some sort of trying you know, to be the chef chef yeah, that you have to like, yeah, you know, I've, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when that I, was when I had the meeting with you at Barley, I was like, I was like, I worked on my resume and then I, we talked and you were like, I didn't look at your resume. Uh, tell me where you work. <laughs> it's like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. No. Cause most of the time you want to see, you just want to see, see. And I've, yeah. I've learned a little bit more about re- being able to read resumes and, what matters and it's you know it's 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 funny now because i look at if you go to culinary school if you're a younger person mm-hmm. and you've gone to culinary school and you have very little experience after that i'm probably more inclined to have you come in than some joe schmo who's just worked at a place for 6 months and then another place for 6 months and another place for 6 yeah, months yeah for sure doesn't matter how long that resume is because what I what that resume tells me is that you went to culinary school and you finished it. If yeah, you can true. go and finish something, and that's something that I find very valuable as an employer today. Yeah, you, you finished something. You started something and you finished it. You didn't yeah. say, oh, it got hard and I just diverted to something else. Yeah, for sure. 
So for me, if I'm looking at your age and you're younger and you went to culinary school, I'm gonna give you a fair shot to come in. What I what you produce, that's on you at that point. <laughs> yeah, but for sure. at least I know that you will finish something. You'll get the job done. Yeah. Or that's the goal. Maybe you're too green for the place that you're currently trying to work at. Uh, but at least I know you can finish something. Have you guys ever actually hired someone who came in in a, in a chef coat? I was talking to, to somebody oh. at work the other day. And they asked that question and I was like, I don't, I think, don't so. think so. Yeah. Right. No, it's kind, of, it's kind of a red flag. Like the second they come in, you're like, you can't follow instructions. Cause I told you not to wear a chef coat. Uh, yeah. I definitely coat. say we, you know, when I talk to anybody to have a stage, it's like we wear street clothes. So wear something comfortable. And then they come in they're in their branded chef coat, um, double breasted. And immediately you're like, I don't think you want this job. <laughs> yeah. If you spend the whole day staging at Barley Swan and you're still wearing your chef coat, you're probably not catching the vibe that we're we're throwing out, so it, yeah. it's probably you not going to work out. This there's so many people when I would work in there that would come in with the chef coat, their Mercer bags, everything like they're all they're trying to be hot shit. You know, they got the jackets and everything, and they got the pens and the the, the in thermometers the in their sleeves, and then they ask for tweezers. It's like <laughs> the one thing that you probably should have gotten, you know, to do a stage here, and you you're asking me to borrow spoons, tweezers. Uh, scissors, every, everything else that you actually need. That's funny. Because they don't know. Yeah, they have no idea. Knowing what you're staging. Yeah, knowing what I you're I literally... Yeah. Why are you not going there getting, first? I'm getting... Uh, I got emails from Bryce talking to somebody setting up a stage mm -hmm. to get hired at Barley Swine. Mm -hmm. I'd like to come in on Monday. <laughs> We're not open on Monday. Yeah. Like, you got to know, you gotta know the business that you're yeah. trying to... Go yeah. get employed at if you're going to try and get employed there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Like big red flag. Like, you don't even know what days were open. Yeah. Do you want you this job or are you just yeah. looking for anything? <laughs> yeah. So. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now, where did we leave back off? I oh, was yeah. at Scanlon's, so, right? Yeah. You the said Athletic that, Club. Um, yeah. And you were just going right back and forth smoking weed. Um. So, yeah, that I'm definitely old enough to drink. Having a cocktail after work every night, but I'm not a big drinker. Uh -huh. um, and then I get sort of poached, if you will, from uh, the chef out at Black Butte Ranch. So Black Butte Ranch is just outside of Bend. It has like three golf courses. Um, they're like PGA level golf courses. Okay. Um, technically, this area has its own postal code and like police station. Okay. But, like, it's a giant, rich homeowners association. Okay, yeah. It's uh, just for people who want to play golf. And so play golf. I got – the chef was there from – he knew me from culinary mm -hmm. school because he was in the whole uh, American Culinary Federation, all of that sort of, like, culinary school, the big wig chef stuff with all the – Okay. There's a lot of, like – yeah, the point where you're some crazy Austrian guy wearing a lab coat with all your credentials on it because your chef coat's too long – or not long enough. What? Um, the okay. sort of, like, in the world of, like, culinary, yeah. like, French cooking, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so not that's not who he was, but he knew me from being those in those competitions and things. Mm -hmm. And he kind of poached me and was like, I want you to be the lead line cook out here. And so I went out there to be the lead line cook, meaning that I'm working at the fancy restaurant on the resort with 
his executive sous chef, who he just hired, who has to write the menu for like three different spots. One of them's like a little like shack, a more casual spot for like sandwiches and burgers, like after you're done with the golf course. Uh And then the fancy restaurant, which is basically just a fucking steakhouse. Yeah. Okay. And then they do huge banquets for weddings and stuff out there. God damn. Resort. It's one of those, huh? The, the back kitchen where they do the weddings and things are, and all the big prep is twice as big as the line. Jesus. So the line for service working in this thing. Um, that's why it was so funny that I was the lead line cook because it was me and Hector. Two people? And chef, and the sous chef, executive sous chef. And then Jesus. during the summertime, uh-huh. we had another person working the pantry station and doing the desserts. Yeah. But that's only three months in this resort town, right? God So damn. the other time, mm-hmm. it's Arturo, the dishwasher. So <laughs> the dishwasher pantry? is doing the salads and doing the desserts because me and the other guy are cranking out everything else. And it's just yeah. a two man, three man line, three man line. If chef's there to stand in the middle and help plate everything, but it's not fancy stuff. We're talking scoop of mashed potatoes from the steam well. The line has four hotel pan steam wells in the center of it. Okay, so it's a lot of just so like scooping onto scoop, plates. Scoop the. Yeah. We were cooking the proteins, and then it's like very steakhouse esque of like pick your side and your steak. Oh, okay, and then you pull the ladle out of the six pan for the jus to sauce the plate. Yeah. And then we either had port reduction or balsamic reduction. Oh yeah. Did a little, little, little drizzle, drizzle. Yeah. So that was fun. At that point, like I knew enough about cooking during the, the winter times. We ended up changing the menu every two weeks just for fun. So oh, because to keep no ourselves there. entertained. Yeah. Was um, it just slower? Cause it was so slow. Uh, I learned a lot about like how you can prep stuff and freeze it to be able to like not make something every single day for no reason. Yeah. But we were making crazy weird stuff. We would just write words on a page, make like rye gnocchi and it'd be like, okay, what does rye gnocchi mean? Well, let's get this some rye flour and some caraway and some potatoes. Do you want to do a potato or do you want to do a Parisian? Whatever. Let's just do weird stuff. So we ended up making yeah. weird stuff. Uh, it was fun and all, but I had to drive an hour and a half, two hours on a fucking empty road in the middle of the night to go back home every night. Uh-huh. Nah, that shit sucked. So I did that for a year. Yeah. I didn't get the sous chef promotion. Um, they ended up hiring some other older guy, which I get it. Like, yeah, you're like you know, 22, as far 23 as the business at this point. goes. Like, he yeah. knows way more about that. But, like, I wasn't uh-huh. going to sit here and have this go through another year of somebody who doesn't cook as good as me tell me how to cook. Yeah. And then do his, like, smoked prime rib because that was super cool. Like, that's not, you're not pushing the envelope here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. then I ended up going and getting a job back at the first restaurant that I worked at. You went back there, huh? 900 Wall was what they reopened as. And I went in and I talked to the chef. I knew him. And I said, look, um, I don't want to drive out there anymore. I want to work the grill. I have one goal here. It's to be the grill cook. That's where I'm going to get. He said, okay, you know, great. You still got to go through all the other lines again and do all the training. What? 
So because okay. there was new dishes, you know, oh, new it's like things. a whole different, you know, it's a new restaurant. Yeah. Still got to learn the PM stuff, even though I'd worked the lunch shifts there. Was it um, still the same menu? Uh, for the most part, or like whatever had changed, like seasonally, but like okay. for the most part, cooking techniques were pretty much still the same. Yeah. And I went through pantry. I went to the pizza oven. Then I did work. I can't remember if I went to saute or grill first, but I think I went to grill first. But then, yeah, I just did that for a long time. Got it out of my system. Was like, okay, I, I've crushed it here again. I know what, what's the next move for me. I've, I'm done with culinary school. I'm, what am I going to do? And I was thinking about moving to Portland, but the teacher at the high school that I went to that I was helping coach his culinary team Mm -hmm. doing the same culinary competition that I did when I was in high school. You were doing that while you were doing this other job? Yeah, I was helping that. It was just in the morning during school. Oh, okay. Uh, Literally, the school is across the street because I was living in my dad's house Mm -hmm. and that's the school that he taught at. Yeah. So I was literally like right there. So I would just go over, help coach them. Uh, We actually made some really cool food and the girl who's doing the desserts now, uh, the desserts then owns a company called two sweet cakes and she has like three locations now. That's Um, cool. They're in bend. I think I can't remember where the other ones are, but she, I could tell when I showed her how to do stuff. Like I showed her, (laughs) I showed her how to drape caramel on the back of a upside down ladle to make Uh a sugar dome. Yeah. And as soon as I did it once and then she started doing it and I was like, oh, you're doing this way better than me. I was like, <laughs> you're you're gonna, you're definitely going to like do something and make something yeah. happen. So, yeah, now she's successful. It's a bakery. Um, she does wedding cake. She specializes in gluten free, which because uh-huh. Bend is a very hippy dippy place. Yeah, it is. Um, so, sure. yeah, they she got on the cronut phase everybody so she does wedding cakes all this stuff very very successful i'm super proud that i got to at least like you know be a part know her back in the day that's cool Uh, i taught her friend how to make hash browns before she went off to college and now she's like a successful like golfer like i think she's amateur about to be on the pga or something but i'm like yeah damn I taught her how to make hash. I taught her how to make hash browns because that's all she that's all she liked to eat, and she was like, yeah, "This you, is all I'm going to be eating for the next year at college." I was like, "Okay, that's hilarious." Uh, but the teacher there used to live here in Austin. Okay, he actually taught at the Texas Culinary Academy, which is not a thing anymore. With James Holmes, the owner of Lucy's Fried Chicken and Olivia's. Yeah. And so they, he used to t- he, he used to teach there, and basically I got a job just by knowing, which tells you how desperate somebody is that you're like <laughs> you'll like, take a so guy from cook. Oregon that you've never met before and yeah. say, oh yeah, yeah move down here, get you, you vouch for him. Also, mind you, this guy's never seen me cook in a kitchen before. He's yeah. I coach his culinary team. Yeah. But he's never seen me cook on a line before. I could be a complete oh, idiot. Yeah. yeah he's, he's never seen that. me cook yeah. in, a, in a restaurant. Yeah. So I had the job. I made a resume because I wanted to. Uh-huh. And then same situation. He's like, I don't give he's a like, shit. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Came down and staged uh, just to make sure that I wanted to move across the country for this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. They had a garden. He oh, had sick. just converted 
an old Lone Star delivery beer truck into a chicken coop. So we Damn, would go get that. chickens. That was right at That's the end. Sick. Okay. So we would yeah, go I get chicken eggs that. straight from the chicken coop. And it was behind the restaurant. It was in the yeah in the side of that down. So like you yeah. saw you know the parking lot. If oh you yeah, drive by it all every day. Yeah. It would be. It, it would, would just be, be in the back of that back. parking lot. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Okay. That's where I learned like taking stuff out of a pan or off the grill and putting it on like a tray with a with a oh yeah paper like towel like an actual a lander yeah and, like not just pouring stuff out of a a pan into right the plate. into the plate yeah using a spoon and like using tweezers mm-hmm. and making like elegant sexy food because they Olivia's at the time was very known for it's like farm to table nose to tail yeah that was a big you were gonna get a lot of offal all over that menu yeah and it was like them and foreign domestic were like the ones yeah. leading the way on that kind of thing sweetbreads yeah uh we did rocky mountain oysters all sorts of is that shit. weird that that now that austin's got bigger there's not none of that it's like almost like uh you think it would people would be doing would be doing it now but it's almost like back in the day when there was, was almost no one it in was town. uh in the spirit of peon magazine it was very <laughs> punk rock back then. it was very punk, punk rock, very yeah. punk rock back then to yeah. serve somebody uh a pig trotter or chicken testicles or chicken testicles yeah. you know we yeah. uh you know bryce made his name on pig face pig face saying pig face not pig jowl or pork yeah. jowl I picked so. a pi- I picked a whole <clears throat> pig's head with my first stage of barley. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were like, let's mm-hmm. just make this guy fucking do this for three hours. Pick this, <laughs> pick this whole face. Yeah. Um, at least you yeah. didn't have to shave and torch the pig face. No, it was that. ready. It was just sitting back there. Yeah. Cause Mark is like, all right, pick this whole thing. I'll see you in four hours. Uh, Bye. Oh, what the old barley? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. old barley. Yeah. 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 Remember they used to do the pig face Parker house rolls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tiny little bones, the smallest little bones. Oh yeah, in the in yeah. the jowl area and the teeth. Yeah, getting all up in the teeth. Yeah, I remember picking the whole thing, and then Mark coming back and going like, "No, there's still bones in here," and I had to pick through the whole thing again. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, Mark That's is. You get for uh, Russian, Zach. Yeah, well, Mark, Mark's not gonna. Mark is definitely not gonna let anything that he's responsible for. No. Go undone the the right way because yeah, that's how Mark is. <laughs> uh, but he teaches you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Teaches you for sure. Very nice, very nice guy. But wait, so what drew you to that restaurant? Was it was it literally the O'Fall? Like the Uh, O'Fall? No, it was the fact that I I just was going to get a job. I had a job, so when I came to Stage to check it out, you were like, "This is really funny." So I stayed, I stayed with the sous chef. So there was James, the owner, but he was opening up the fried chicken restaurant. He was opening up Lucy's, yeah. So his chef de cuisine. Basically, who I was in contact with told his sous chef, this guy's coming from Oregon to stage for the weekend. He's staying at your house. Mind you, Chef Chef de Cuisine doesn't have a car. So sous chef is also driving him around all the time. Oh, so you picking him up to work. (laughs) So I was actually there on his days off. So I worked, went with Dave. So Dave got to be the chef because his boss was off. Right. Yeah. So all he would do is literally rewrite the menu for the three dishes that came off of his station for what he wanted to do. Uh-huh. And then the the grill guy, uh, Max, who's – shout out to Max. He's up in Portland. Actually, I should get him on. Um, What's he working? He owns three different restaurants up oh, in, shit. Up in um, Seattle. Excuse me. Oh, Seattle okay. now. God damn. All right. 
But we, he's from Oregon. Uh-huh. And so I knew him because he worked at King State Winery. He used to do all the charcuterie program out there. Mm-hmm. He was doing all this crazy charcuterie at Olivia's. Oh, shit. Like what? Working the grill. Uh, his knowledge is very extensive of charcuterie. Um, if he makes like a pate campagna, de campagna, mm-hmm. he doesn't need a recipe. He oh, just shit. makes it. Um, yeah, so all of those like terrines he has because he did it for a wine, like at a wine vineyard mm-hmm. for their tasting room. Damn. So that's all he did was just repeat just these and, and refine it and refine it. So like I, sh- I should have learned a lot more of that shit from him. Yeah. That's, that's but so he shit. was on grill. I was staying at the sous chef's house, mm-hmm. was here for the weekend and then went back home. Packed all my shit, came down, and the plan was to stay with the sous chef again mm-hmm. until I found my place. Because he was living in a four-bedroom house down south, just him and one other roommate for fucking... They were paying probably like 1200 bucks for this place. Oh, so like everybody's paying like 300 bucks or whatever? Uh, no, it was just... At the time, it was just two people. So you paid 600 bucks and you had oh, shit. half of a house. Yeah. It was great. Damn. Um, yeah. So I stayed with him in the spare bedroom... And then the first night I come into the restaurant, which whole shit show of me trying to get down here. My car blew up. I had to get a rental car. I'm not old enough to get a rental car. So my mom has to like sweet talk this guy into like letting this happen. And so I finally, the shit show of I get into work. Yeah. I show up in the middle of service. Like, cause I don't know where this guy's house is. Right. <laughs> I just See? rode in his car for a couple of days. Yeah. I yeah. don't know where to go. So I show up at the restaurant and I go into the kitchen, I come through the back, I go to the kitchen, I'm like looking, sous chefs on, on grill, and the grill guy's working in the sous chef spot. Uh-huh. So I hang out, they finish up service, go go home with the sous chef, and I'm like, so what's up, man, why were you working grill? And he's like, I'm moving to California. <laughs> it's like, what's up, boss? <laughs> um, okay, so Max became the sous chef. And then shortly after that, Andrew, the CDC, moved on to go work at Metal to be the chef Whoa, at I that Metal. Place. I remember that place. Wasn't that the place that was down like, it's right behind the HEB on fucking... It's down by the brewery. Yeah, Zoe, um, no, the one that makes Zoe, uh, uh, Hops and Grains, right? Hops and Grains, it's right there, yeah, it was right yeah. down there. That's like a UFA, so that was UFC his place. opportunity to Something be like the chef without uh-huh. having a chef owner above him yeah so he left so within like two three months of me moving across the country i'm now working for what used to be the grill cook who's also younger than me wait oh because the chef was over at lucy's Uh and he's not there at all so i was like oh my god i just moved across the country (laughs) holy cow oh shit so we just had a bunch of fucking young kids coming in and running running this kitchen and it was crazy. We had a blast. It was nuts. There was no leadership. <laughs> and we were just, you know, going. And I wasn't even, like, involved in any of management. I was just a line cook coming in every day just doing my job in this tiny kitchen. Were you involved in, kitchen. in making dishes or was no. it that was all just the nah, food? No, Max just did – he just did whatever he wanted. He just wrote the menu every day. Very um, – it was very like whimsy, just kind of like put ingredients together, kind uh-huh. of make it how you want. He really let us like plate. That was kind of the nature of the restaurant was they like plate it however you want it. So like, oh, you're doing this you like, eat it, that kind of thing? no, like 
Plate it on whatever plate you want. Oh, okay. If you want to like do a big dollop of this puree and then swoosh it. Yeah. That's great. If you want to do a bunch of little dots, do a bunch of little, little dots. As long as the right amount of like ingredients go on the plate. Uh-huh. Um, but this was also like, this is right around the time like Instagram chefs are like, you know, blowing up and people are starting to use Instagram as like kind of a resume. Uh-huh. So that's what he was doing. He was just making beautiful dishes, taking pictures of it. If you go back and you look at Max's Instagram from this period of time, it's just just tons of dishes. Yeah. And that's literally like what he was doing was he was building a resume to eventually go back. I can't remember where, what he, he did some private chefing thing. Um, first somebody that was, pretty exclusive and then ended up going back home and opening up this tiny, tiny restaurant in Queen Anne in Seattle, um, which I was ironically like in Seattle the like day that they were opening. So I like stodged with him okay. and hung out nice. and then he sat me down to go eat there. Uh, but yeah, back in the that time we were just like, just crazy making up stuff. They were huge on brunch back in the day. Odd duck wasn't open yet. No, I remember so the hot thing to do was go to Olivia go for to Sunday Olivia's for Sunday brunch. Sunday brunch, and also like if you could get in for sure. If you could get in, and then also a friend of mine was like, "Oh, they're doing cold chicken on Sundays." Like they would take the Lucy's Picnic fried chicken, chicken, baby, and then they would do yeah, cold fried chicken on. No, Sundays. that's like, where Lucy's right? came from. Oh, is that what it came from? So okay, well, he called it picnic chicken. Okay, so he would fry chicken and then so, and then picnic chicken meant. You fried the chicken. We fried it all before service. Mm -hmm. And it just hung out, <clears throat> sitting up in a big old pile of chicken up yeah. in the window. Little sandbag. And so it was not, it wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It was just room temperature chicken <laughs> so that's been fried for service. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's the picnic chicken. Okay. And it was, I don't know, mashed potatoes, chicken, pickles, and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's why. That's why it was the picnic chicken, so you could take it on your picnic. You'd fry it at home and then take yeah, it on the picnic. Then, it wasn't yeah. like cold leftover Lucy's. It oh, okay. was I, what started the Lucy's. whole idea of what Lucy's wow, was. Okay. As That's far cool. as my understanding is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did you ever work those brunches? Because that thing was, uh, that was I did hot work those shit. brunches. I uh, started on the the pantry station where you're doing like the fruit salad, yogurt bowl. And then you're doing the so like uh, French huh? toast and pancakes. And we literally had, you want to talk about a big, massive cast iron, two-handled, like, yeah, goes over four burners on the stove. Oh, that type of, like, huge. Cast iron? Huge. Damn. We moved it in every week. <laughs> the size of a griddle that you'd see in, like, a fucking Waffle House. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half that, but... Moved it in and for, put it on the stove. What was that for? For the, pan for the pancakes for and pancakes. the uh, oh, okay. French toast. Okay. So I would do, you'd get your shit handed to you on pancakes and French toast. And then eventually I moved over to the omelet station or the egg station. And you do the omelets. Good Lord. And then any of the eggs that go for the sandwiches and other uh -huh. stuff. So it ends up just being, again, sorry to whoever this pantry person is, but you just got to pay your dues. Whoever this little pantry person was over there, whoever the new person was, yeah. and me and Cy, who was working the grill and the fryer, uh -huh. just getting our shit kicked in because all Chef does is poach, poach eggs and put hollandaise on stuff, and you set up all those plates for him. Uh, and Jesus. yeah, just cooking omelets, 
God cooking damn. omelets, cooking omelets, cooking eggs, slinging them over here. They did the Mac Daddy, which is like some very similar version of like a McDonald's uh, egg, egg McMuffin. Egg McMuffin. Uh-huh. Um, so you'd like damn. basically kind of like make an omelet, but instead just like fold it into quarters. Yeah, and yeah. Throw it over, like literally, like slide it behind the stove or slide it behind the poaching pan. Uh-huh. To the grill guy because it's the end of the stove, so he can grab it and plate it on his shit. Um, because I just literally be just slinging pans down yeah. to him, and then uh-huh. he would plate them and then slide them back to me because we were just having to. It was the nonstick pans, and you just keep re-going. Wait, so you were so busy you couldn't plate, so you had the grill guy? Uh, no, it would be his you? grilled. Whatever, like the egg sandwich that he was plating that needed eggs, I I would just throw them over to him. But then I'd also have to turn around and pick up the omelet that's going with that sandwich at the same time. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. So that was, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, I think I got hired there uh, for reference at $9.50 an hour. (laughs) This is what, like 2000, it's got to be like 2012. 2012. Okay. 2012 is when I moved here. Damn, yeah. I think I was making like seven fifty or something like that. Something crazy. Some crazy low amount. Yeah. Yeah. I got promised ten. And then when I saw my first paycheck, it was nine fifty, and I was like, the fuck? Oh, I thought we talked uh, what, uh, <laughs> we talked about this. And, you know, that's how some places do things. Yeah. Um, who knows if it was on purpose or not. Yeah. But uh I definitely got my my ten dollars an hour for that. And then after I worked there for like six months. And my roommate, who I ended up just taking over the sous chef's house, house, uh-huh. um, my roommate was the pastry chef at Barley Swine. Barley Swine's also right across the street from Olivia's. They were the new yeah. hot shit. Yeah. You could never get a job there because no one ever left. Someone would For have real. to die. For real. So I would just go and stage there on my two days off just to learn. I'm young. Jeez. Okay. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm getting all sorts of cool stuff. And then eventually they're getting ready to open Odd Duck, so they start hiring. Had no intentions of ever getting hired there, but then Bryce offered me a job. And yeah, then I started working at Barley Swine, 